Hi, I'm James Atkinson, and thanks to Cryomalt, this is Beer is a Conversation. In this episode, I catch up with Joss Ruffle, who co-founded New Zealand Brewery Garage Project. When I spoke with Joss in Wellington, he was right about to rush out the door to catch a flight to Auckland, where Garage Project was set to open its cellar door that night. Other topics of conversation included Garage Project's diversification into winemaking, its public announcement of a move to contract brew its beers at a new facility in Napier, and the exciting growth of the Wellington beer scene generally. Hope you enjoy the chat. Joss, thanks very much for joining us on Radio Brews News. We're at the Wild Workshop. Um, what is the Wild Workshop? We're at our Marion Street site. We're in the heart of Wellington. Uh, it's a short drive from our original Aro Street brewery. We don't have a brew house here, but we're surrounded by a huge amount of amphora, fooders, uh, huge oak barrels, wine barrels, uh, and some stainless steel fermenters. So this is a place where we bring wort. Uh, and we do spontaneous ferments from native New Zealand wildflowers. Uh, we pitch uh, mixed cultures of brett, lacto, PDO, and sort of anywhere and anything in between. It's sort of a place that we can do beers that are a lot more slow in, in their timeline than what we do in Aro Street, a lot more based around native New Zealand yeast, New Zealand wood, uh, native New Zealand fruits, and things just in a longer time frame. Yeah. And you're even putting a cool ship up in on the roof, you were just telling me. Yeah, so the, the thing that really attracted Pete and myself to this site is it's, a, it's an old print press factory, multiple levels. Uh, there's an internal goods lift, so we can move barrels up and down between the, the two levels. But there's also this beautiful loft, uh, as, as you would have just seen. And it's really, we, we looked at it and it, it just screamed to us a perfect home for a cool ship. Um, you know, it's very reminiscent of Cantillon. If, if you've ever had the fortune of visiting uh, that great brewery, you know, we'll be putting a cool ship up there for this winter season, cutting louvers in the roof and doing some spontaneous ferments. So we did the first spontaneous last winter season, uh, just opened a big, a huge window, as you saw, uh, up in the space. And, and that was very successful. So we're looking forward to getting another season uh, in as well. Um, how, what's been the reaction to the wines so far? Yeah, there's, there's been a great response, um, a lot of excitement, uh, which is what we really hoped. You know, we're just trying to bring some, some energy to, to wine. Um, you know, in the same way that uh, when we started the brewery, the, the quality of craft beer in New Zealand has always been excellent. Uh, but it was at the time quite conservative. I think it was very much breweries producing sort of uh, along the lines of uh, brewery name beer style. That's the way we saw it. The wine industry in New Zealand feels very similar. We, we have some fantastic wine, but it is very two-style, very safe and traditional. And we think we, we could bring a little energy and excitement to that and give people something they haven't had before. Part of those ideas are taking from things that we've learned as brewers that winemakers might not have considered. So working with Lacto, uh, working with Brett, in of itself is quite provocative to winemakers but for us it's quite natural we we do 100% brett fermented beers in Marion Street in the Wild Workshop they are very stone fruit fruit forward in flavour and treat them in a particular way and we're doing the same thing with the wines and brett as well so 
we're two vintages in. We did a, a 16. We've got the 17 wines out now. We have a few more in Amphora and in bourbon barrels. And then for the 18 vintage, which kicks off for us tomorrow, uh, we'll have a lot of grapes coming in from Nelson and Martinborough, and we'll be producing up to 18 different wines. There seems to be a lot more um, crossing of categories happening by producers, you know, whether it's wine, spirits, beer, cider. What do you sort of see, you know, what, what do you think has kind of spurred that um, evolution of the drink scene? I think it's probably just a love of, of all things fermented, really. I think if you're a brewer, um, it's, it's easy to get interested and excited by cider, uh, easy to get excited and interested by distillation, you know, fermenting, uh, distilling your, your end fermented result and seeing what happens. And same for wine, you know, I think, you know, in the same way that people ferment and play around with apples as breweries, and it's very common, we're fermenting and playing around with grapes. Yeah. You talked about the um, the sort of fairly dull in your you know you were suggesting naming conventions that that used to be around in beer. Um, some people might say that they helped to make it you know really simple for consumers. Um, is that not a concern for you guys at all? Like, do you kind of see that Garage Project people are you know they're more educated about what they're drinking? No, I think for us, our job is is to give people an experience they haven't had before. And, um, you know, if someone's not a beer drinker and maybe, you know, for whatever reason they find, you know, taste is such a personal thing, uh, maybe more conventional beer, bitter flavors uh, isn't to their taste. But if you give them a flavor that is maybe sweet or spicy or sour or umami, it might actually change their idea of what, what beer is and what beer can be. And, you know, those are unconventional flavors. I mean, maybe except if you're a Belgian brewer. Um, but, you know, they should come in, in our, our opinion, in an unconventional package as well. And that sort of fits. But, you know, we, we absolutely love and appreciate simple classic beers as well. We just had the guys um, from Bitburger here last week brewed a collaboration you know and, and it's tremendous what they are able to do with the consistency and quality and scale that they do uh, those those classics are the classics for a reason i've been around and, and checked out a few new breweries um, some of which have opened within a couple of blocks of here and all in the last year um, what's it like from a competition standpoint in wellington at the moment it must be pretty pretty tough out there you know wellington's always been the craft beer capital before we started the brewery, just just myself as a as a mad keen beer geek and drinker, um, it was the place to be. You know, you had the Malt House and Hashigozaki and LBQ, and it was just the real sort of heart of um, of beer drinking for craft. But we weren't brewing any beer, and that was our goal when we set up was let's bring brewing back into Wellington. You know, we did have the Max um, Waterfront brew, brew Bar, which was unfortunately shut down and moved away and so for us to see you know going from a position of being really the only brewery in the city to seeing having this um, explosion of of craft and and brewing happening it's it's exciting so now there's a there's a legitimate walking trail that you can do across a multitude of breweries Um, everyone's sort of positioned to do something slightly different in my opinion and ultimately, from a competition standpoint, anyone who makes good beer is our friend. Anyone who makes shitty beer is our enemy. And I think, you know, 
if you have a good beer, um, it, it's a great experience. Um, and as you know, you don't just stop at that one beer, you, you look to carry on. So I look at it, you know, we have this great opportunity now that there's people coming to the city or even people within the city who might not have had craft yet. And there's just more chances for them to experience it and to normalize it as well for that just to be the normal of what they look to drink and enjoy. And there's, there's room in the market for everyone? I think you only need to look at the coffee situation in Wellington. You know, we, we have sort of uh, 11 or 12 plus coffee roasters working in the city. They all seem to be doing really well, adding to the scene. You know, Wellington's a coffee town. Um, you know, and I think the same thing is true for beer now. You know, I mean, time will tell. I think the main thing is quality. If, if you're brewing quality beer, that's good for everyone. And that's exciting for the drinker as well. Um, you've also uh, recently um, moved some of your production up to a new facility and it was probably a fairly unconventional approach that you took in announcing we're going to be contract brewing our beer. Maybe because normally when people go and contract brew it happens uh, very hush hush. So maybe you could talk about that arrangement that you've got with, um, is it B, B Studio? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when we started... Um, you know, Pete had been brewing professionally for 10 years. He had had a, a pretty healthy stint at uh, the malt shovel uh, in Sydney. And, you know, he's a brewer and it was important for us when we started that we started as a brewery. Uh, and then for us, that meant, you know, Pete quit his job, sold his house and moved his family over here in January 2011. And we spent through to August finding equipment we could we could actually afford with our savings that weren't great getting a site, getting the garage, cleaning it up, getting the permits uh, and getting our first kegs of beer so we could sell them at Hashigozaki and then Beervana, uh, just 20 litres of three beers at each of the, the two events. You know, we could have made our lives so much easier and just day one gone out and started contract brewing for those first four or five months while we found a place and but I think it was important for us to always be a brewery and we are brewers and we have a physical site and you can come and see it. And so when we've reached the point of capacity at Arrow Street, you know, the blessing and curse of being in the city and being in a, such a small area, uh, we started looking at opportunities to, to build another brewery within the city. And we, we tried very hard and we looked at a number of sites. I mean, the classic example is one that was a beautiful heritage building um, and being in Wellington, seismic uh, risk is a concern. And, um, you know, I think that the, the quote to strengthen that building was $4 million alone. And, um, you know, we found it just um, something that we, we, we couldn't get around. And, and instead of getting depressed about it, we actually set our attention to Marion Street. And we've got a bit of capacity on the brew house at Arrow Street. We just don't have places to put the fermenters. So we got this, this project underway. And at about the same time, we got approached by um, Simon and Rob, the guys behind B Studio, and uh, they, they came to us with a vision of wanting to build world-class production brewery. Uh, they, they have a similar uh, business that they run in wine. They've seen the, the phenomenal growth of the New Zealand wine industry, and I think they see the craft potential, which is really exciting. And, um, you know, we, we sort of said to them, you know, we, we absolutely can see a place for this in New Zealand. It'll, um, it'll be great for us to have it. And then I think for other breweries, it's going to be a lift across the board. And if, if they would build it to this spec and this quality, 
this equipment, we would sign on as their first customer and then work with them actively to get other breweries involved because they needed a, a, a committed amount of capacity to make that significant investment that they've made. Uh, and it was a real chicken and egg problem. I think all the breweries were saying, yeah, yeah, sure, if you build that, we'll absolutely love to use it. Um, but they needed some surety. And so for us, we said, right, we will we'll sign on the dotted line, we'll commit um, to it, and then we'll help get other breweries across. And so it's from that side of things, it really has been a partnership for us, and we want to be very transparent about it. Every beer that is produced out of B Studio for us has HB, Hawke's Bay, coded on the date code as well. Um, so... Yeah, it's, um, it's been a phenomenal thing for us. It's allowed the garage to start growing again. We had been at capacity for 18 months, which was really stressful. You know, it's a good problem to have, but it also creates a lot of challenges. Um, and then also we're, we're in a great position now where we're able to invest uh, in some areas that I think ultimately will be a lot more exciting to our fans and drinkers than having... Um, our own significant production brewery and associated debt with it. I think you only need to look at Pirate Life as a great example of what happens when you put yourself in a position where you are stretching to that next level and it's, it suddenly becomes just very, very serious, very risky. And for us, we want to keep ourselves in a place that we can be nimble, experimental put our energies into doing unique things with the beer. We've got a pretty extensive R&D project underway across a couple of areas we haven't really announced yet. And we're just starting to, to focus that energy and resource into things that we think are a bit more interesting um, than having a huge amount of debt. Yeah, so, so far it's, it's, it's going well. And, and I know that there's a number of other breweries in there that are, are really benefiting from that world-class capacity and production quality. It's state-of-the-art, you know, five-vessel Crohn's brew house, 12,000-litre-an-hour rotary Crohn's bottling, 14,000-litre-an-hour rotary Crohn's canning, and a Vario line. Like, it's, it doesn't get any better than that. And no, you know, often with contract brewers, there's a requirement that they pasteurise all the beer that goes out the door. I assume that um, that wouldn't have been something you guys would have accepted. No, and you know, and that's a, and that's a reason why we haven't haven't done contract. Um, you know, there wasn't um, there wasn't a brewery set up in a way that we would be happy to have, have brewed at before B Studio came along. And you know, they've got a, a fantastic lab in there. Um, you know, all the all the toys, all the bells and whistles. Um, and also this week opening a cellar door in Auckland. Maybe you could tell us about that. Do you have much of a presence in Auckland already? Yeah, so um, we, we've always wanted people to be able to come to the brewery and, and, and sort of taste the beer and get takeaways. And we, we have the cellar door in Aro. For the longest time, we actually, early on in the garage's history, we were sending more beer um, to Australia than, than outside of Wellington. Uh, and then Auckland in particular has just really started to have its awakening to craft. I guess maybe the same way Sydney, uh, you could argue Sydney might might have had and is having. Um, and it's, you know, it's quickly for us become a very significant audience uh, market. There's a, there's a great demand for the beer up there. We're spending a lot of time up there now for events. Uh, we have two people full time based up there. Uh, already and it just just sort of felt like the right time to to sort of create a space that is really gives people the full experience of the brewery um, 
as much as possible without actually having the brewery there but you know um you know 12 beers on tap cool crowling unit uh all of the different beers and especially beers and and bottle and can we can run events there we've got an area for sort of um customer and staff training and tasting and industry events uh and then we've got an office space as well as a huge cold store um dry docks at a warehouse area as well so it's sort of like our step into the market up in Auckland and just to let people know that we're serious about having a a presence there I mean we self-distribute all through New Zealand we self-distribute in Australia so it's it's just a logical thing for us to do. How's it going for you in Australia now that you've got I think you've had a a rep on the ground for the last 12 months or so? Yeah yeah so um, Adam's doing a fantastic job in Melbourne we've sort of pulled right back from the different states we're in and you know we aware that pe- people out there are wanting us to come back into those states but for us it was just let's let's just let's just rethink things around melbourne um set up some good good 3pl get some warehousing in place and and really um in the same way that we have that direct contact in, in new zealand let's start getting that going in melbourne so we can get to really know the the bars and the, and the cafes and the restaurants we're supplying to do fun collaborations we've I mean, got my attica t-shirt on so we've we did a beer with um, Ben and the Ashika team last year, which is which was really fun, uh, and then just sort of grow out from there. And it's it's working very well for us. We're very happy. It's every order that comes in from Melbourne is processed right here in the office behind you, sent back out to Australia. And so we sort of have a very close team now. And then Adam is coming across. We've just hired in a second person to support him in Melbourne. And we're starting to step into New South Wales a bit more now as well. So, um, yeah, it's it does feel like the right approach for us. You know, you see it from breweries like Stone and Wood. You know, they have their own people. And it's, you know, they're just, I don't know, it's just nice having that, that direct contact and having people know everything about the brewery who are representing you and being absolutely passionate and being part of the team that was making the beer. It's a very crowded market you've you've gone into in Melbourne. Like, what's your sort of strategy for needing? You know, people obviously there's just so many reps that are, that are hitting up all the craft beer bars in town. Um, what's your approach? Yeah, I mean, we we don't compete on price. Um, you know, for us, it's we we think the beers um, might sound a little naive, but you know, they're, they're sufficiently exciting and different. That um, they have a a place. Um, and if people want to get behind that and give that experience to their customers, we sort of can support that. Um, you know, I think we are working a bit more directly now to have beers on tap and in, in, in restaurants and bars than we might previously had because we can do that now. We have beers in especially bottle shops, which we love, but, um, you know, I think it's great to give people a chance to drink it fresh, drink it on tap, and then they can start to look for it in the stores. Um, but, you know, lots of events, lots of collaborations you know we'll, we'll be up all week for good beer week i think we've got 10 plus events on it's going to be a huge amount and then obviously gabs for sure and um what about the other export markets that you've in you've mentioned you're in you've mentioned scandinavia um how big is export for you other than australia uh it's still a very small part of the brewery um, every time we add capacity we think we might export more but new zealand and australia um sort of soak it up and you know, we sell a little bit in, in Sweden and Norway. We do a little in Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, and we have a little pilot project up in California. And that that's it. And we don't want to expand really out beyond that at the moment. Uh, we're still struggling to keep up 
in, in New Zealand, in Australia. You know, I think we learn a lot from those countries and, and, and how we can export our beer and, and how we want to in the future. Uh, we get to meet really cool breweries um, and uh, learn from them as well. You know, we go to the Firestone Festival every year and it's great seeing interest and demand for our beer around the world. Um, but we are committed to having it be drunk, fresh and best in New Zealand and Australia. You know, we can send a, a, a cold container off to Melbourne and have it land within nine days and, you know, we can have it in the shops the next day. So it's, it's nice still to sort of have that, that reach and focus for New Zealand and Australia. What are some of the most exciting projects you've got coming up from a brewing perspective? Well, we've had a, a host of breweries come through for... Um, some collaborations around hop harvest this year which has been great so um, we've we've got a very elaborate beer coming up with Cigar City which we'll be brewing next week and open fermenter cut open fooder that's got a pretty audacious concept behind it and they're just a, you know very technically skilled brewery so uh, that's been really fun working with them on uh, together and we brewed a collaboration with Modern Times yesterday which um, is a fresh hop beer and fresh something else beer, uh, which I think will be a first. And we'll serve that, I think, at Gab's. So excited to see how that goes. I mean, Marion Street's got a host of projects. Pointed out there's some beers in bottle. They've been in bottle for over a year now. And we've, we've got some long-term things coming through here. Um, and then up at Arrow Street, there's always just a constant stream of new ideas and concepts. The nitro beers we're doing are really, we've been really enjoying. Looking forward to coming into our first winter with having uh, nitrogenated nitro cans. It's just like an endless stream of beers. We're like, shit, that'd be awesome to have in winter in a nitro can. And yeah, no, no end of new projects at the moment. Is there a plan to eventually make the wild workshop open to the public? Absolutely. would love, love for it to be open to the public. Um, you know, it's a it's a long-term project for us. We've taken a very long view of the site and we want to get the beers up and running, get them to a place we're really happy with and then we'll start to get it to a point where people can come and, you know, eventually would love it. I mean, this office side, I don't think we'd have as an office side uh, at all. It'll be a place people can come and experience the beers and you go upstairs and you get that, that hit of the, the funk, the toar of the upstairs. There's definitely a culture that's developing upstairs and this has a sense of place in the city. It'd be great for people to be able to come and drink those beers in the place that they were fermented and packaged. Good stuff. Well, I know that um, you pretty much have to leave this chat, jump on a flight to go to Auckland for the Celador launch. So we might let you go and get you on another time for maybe a longer chat. But thanks heaps for your time, Joss. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoy Radio Brews News and Beer is a Conversation, please rate us and leave a review on your favourite podcasting app, like iTunes. We look forward to joining you next time for another conversation about beer. Oh, 
On va de bleu à soir C'est bon ma chérie Va chanter une chanson à soir Hasta sur le temps pour pousser le bali 